0: Break 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 through break through Break 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 breakthrough You are now listening to Breakthrough News It's 5 p.m. You're listening to Breakthrough News and this the Punch Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. Yes, that's right. Here we are 1-7-2021 on the Punch Out, telling you everything or bringing you everything that's in the headlines and what should be. Here we are on the 7th the day after, if you will. I think that's how we are all feeling. Obviously, yesterday's chaos in the District of Columbia, still at the top of the news, the top of almost everyone's discussions. Just about everything seems to be flowing into that. And this is not just in the U.S., it's around the world that this takeover of the Capitol by the far right yesterday in Washington, D.C., really has captivated, shocked uh, disgusted have many pretty much every emotion you could think of people all around the country all around the world and where we want to go with the show today is this exact issue because quite frankly it's being sort of put out there as just some sort of random thing that maybe never could have happened but in reality the cops the police really facilitated this capital takeover and now we tell you how <laughs> Well, the question that people are asking themselves about yesterday's takeover, some people, a lot of people of the Capitol, by far right groups and individuals, a mob, really, is how could this happen? I mean, many people know, certainly anyone who's ever been to Washington, D.C., that these U.S. government buildings are armed camps. I can tell you that for sure. I have protested many times at the Capitol, all over D.C., in fact. I lived there for 15 years. uh, Free D.C., statehood now, outside of these other terrible people. Great city. Now. I have to say, I protested once at the Capitol. I was once threatened with being maced in the face, maced in the face at point blank range by a Capitol police officer during a peaceful sit-in. What was my offense? Talking too loud. Yep. Yeah, the police are all over the place around here. I was actually once also part of a protest at 75 people, about 75 people, could have been less than that, that marched to the Capitol. It was like 1 a.m. no one else around. And it seemed like there were more cops out there policing us then than yesterday. I mean, it's unbelievable. The place is usually just totally surrounded during big protests. And the Capitol Police are notorious in the D.C. area for being mean, rude, and brutal. So this sort of soft policing is really, quite frankly, unprecedented in a way. And the official story I have to say here is really just astonishing. Essentially that the police, the Capitol Police and even other police were somehow just caught totally unaware. They had no idea what to prepare for. That is, of course, totally nonsensical. What happened was not at all accidental. The police, even by their own narrative, chose to have a very light touch. For instance, the Wall Street Journal in their investigation stated that, quote, federal authorities had planned to deal with protests this week with a relatively small, minimally visible presence. Planned for a relatively small, minimally visible presence and the wall street journal narrative and one from the washington post as well quotes from various security consultants saying that they thought that the Capitol Police just had not, for some reason, prepared, and it was just clear to them that they had not in any way, shape, or form prepared for any sort of large crowd or any sort of major action. These people were suggesting maybe they just didn't know. But of course, they did know. It is completely and totally fake that they had no idea that what was going to happen here. I mean, these groups who planned these protests had pl- had applied for permits weeks, months in advance, stating that they were expecting to bring tens of thousands of people to the city. They said they were going to do it. The protest was enthusiastically promoted for weeks by the president of the U.S united states and major organizations like the republican attorneys general association as the washington post reported in the lead-up social media clearly reflected that people were talking about bringing guns confronting people there were people posting on facebook that they were telling their kids they may never come back (laughs) jesus christ Uh, and on top of all of that of course You also got the Proud Boys, who are making a big push for this. They had just been in D.C. a month before, rampaging around downtown, destroying property and stabbing people. And of course, all sorts of militias and others who have threatened or actually committed violence in public this year were publicly stating that they were going to be there. So it was clear it was going to be a lot of people. It was clear there were a lot of violent people in there, and there was absolutely clear there was absolute clarity that the thing had been set up as like a final stand so i would say that's pretty much all the ingredients you would need to guess Maybe something like what have happened yesterday happened. The District of Columbia has more police per capita than any other jurisdiction in the country. At every large event like this, the myriad of police agencies or something like 13 combined local and federal and regional police agencies collaborate all the time for these types of big events and often collaborate all the time for these big events. They often involve surrounding counties. So you're telling me for one of the most politically charged events of the year filled with violent people, promoted as a last stand against the stolen election, planning to come in the tens of thousands in Washington, D.C., and there was no way to not only not prevent it, but to know what was going to happen? Give me a break. Clearly, they knew they chose not to do anything. Now, there's all sorts of excuses flying around. I have to say the most ridiculous being one that's being uh, uh, shopped around by some of the federal police agencies, that they were worried about bad PR because they didn't want to be seen as aggressively policing the protest, which... (laughs) Wow, okay, that's a hell of a thing to say. But to me, all of that feels like justification after the fact. I'm dubious about all these various excuses. I think what really happened is this. They didn't care because they don't take these right-wing fascist mobs seriously. In fact, many of these authorities undoubtedly sympathize with them. And the whole country just about, maybe the whole world has seen by now all the videos of cops letting people through barricades, taking selfies with them and so on and so forth, just chumming it up. But it's deeper than that. For instance, the D.C. Fraternal Order of Police, which includes D.C. Cops, Capitol Police, and Metro Police, endorsed Trump in 2016. It was so controversial in the District of Columbia, they actually had to rescind the endorsement, but didn't change their politics. In 2019, the same group had a big yearly party at the Trump Hotel. The D.C. police union head is known for liking posts by various far-right personalities on Twitter. And just in the past few years, the D.C. police have had several scandals involving racist and violent imagery and symbols worn on T-shirts and patches by police officers. And again, this is over just the past few years. So uh, without a doubt, the politics of those who are out there seem to be the politics of a lot of the cops. And they didn't take it seriously, obviously, because they feel like, well, hey, I mean, listen, these are not the left-wingers, the people we show up for. They view the left-wing as, 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 and politically progressive people as violent, dangerous radicals bent on destroying America. But they look at groups like this, these, these mobs, and look at them as patriots who have a noble cause behind a leader that these cops also support. And I'm sure they never expected the mob might try to elude their control. They probably figured, well, look, whatever goes down, we'll just talk it out between friends. There really is no other explanation for why they would have less security in place than they do for almost every demonstration of people who show up espousing Gandhian nonviolence. It makes zero sense. Zero sense. They wanted, even if they didn't want this to happen, they did not take it seriously. They don't take right-wing violence seriously. And a lot of these authorities absolutely sympathize with it. And I'm sure we're happy to facilitate a lot of what took place yesterday based on certainly what we've seen from the videos and the photos. Now, again, I also just want to emphasize, this is not just some random event of fringe people. It was, of course, promoted by the President of the United States, but also the Republican Association of Attorneys Generals. That's the trade group for attorney generals who are Republicans, which, by the way, got $200,000 from Comcast, $140,000 from Walmart, and $100,000 from Amazon, among others, in 2020. So in other words, this thing was put together by major institutional parts of the right wing in this country, including those that are funded by the biggest of big businesses. So all the state- That are coming out from everyone under the sun here denouncing what happened saying I had nothing to do with it. Oh, this is so terrible. Just remember that the reality is is that the cops and major right wing groups, many of them backed by major corporations are not only complicit. They were the fire starters. It's not a fringe movement, but it's a powerful white wing agenda willing to stoke the fans of hatred to push their hyper capitalist plans. And that's gonna do it for us here today on The Punch-Out, but it's not done for today in terms of us discussing this issue. Tonight, 8 p.m. across all your social media platforms at BT Newsroom, we will indeed be live with our new show, The Freedom Side. Uh, I will be the host of The Freedom Side news show. It's gonna be every Thursday at eight, but tonight we're obviously gonna be focused on this. A lot of great people. We got a Chanka. We got Kamal Franklin. we got Malina Abdullah. Uh, Dr. Malina Abdullah, I should say. We have Sean Blackman on here. We have Unique Dunstan. Uh, We have people who were on the ground yesterday telling us what really took place in DC. So, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, tune in to Breakthrough News. Tonight, we're going to have a great show for you. It's going to be live, 8 to 9. We will see you there, but that will do it for us here on.